0: Subscribe, love, like. We're sponsored by the Spunk Lube and rebroadcast by the Demon Seed Radio Network. We could not do any of this without you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please give us that bump. Poor of people, I am your host Dan Frigalat. This is the podcast. I'm here with uh, Sophia Grace. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, thank you for your your gusto, enthusiasm. Um, you you're, you're traveling. You're like you said you've been on multiple vacations during COVID. Yeah. I don't know what that means. You need to explain your life to me. So
1: like you know, I was uh, I was kind of bored of LA. Like I'm I'm such a travel bug. Like I had a feature dancing contract and I was on um, right every single week um for like the past I don't know six months before COVID and then COVID happened and kind of like like life just kind of went away yeah and I wasn't used to not traveling so after like a couple months of being stagnant in LA I was just like dude I gotta get out so I just started traveling to places I could um and so, like, I had been doing, like, a lot of, like, road trips. Um, I was hiking 10 miles a day. No like, I shit. Arrived, like, five hours to go hiking 10 miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I started, like, going bi-coastal back to, like, Charlotte um, to see, like, friends and family and kind of, like, just, like, chill out because it's the first time in six years I've just been, like, had nothing to do.
0: Right. So, okay. So, lots of things. Many things to ask you about. Uh, I'm going to go in, in order of my brain um hey, what does it look so i had a bunch of as a comedian i had a bunch of gigs canceled right so what is it what did it look like for feature dancing how soon did you know probably that it's out and uh and then how did they tell you and then what did they like promise you moving forward
1: so basically it was kind of shitty um i had a really big gig um at spearmint rhino on my birthday weekend um so basically the one so was that and when was that say what
0: so wait, when was that, and which when which spearmint rhino?
1: Um, spearmint rhino in Ventura, and it was March 20th and 21st. I was going to have friends from Charlotte fly out. I was having friends from New York, Spain. All these people were going to no come shit. out to so like come, just like chill with me and see me like perform because like I made it a big deal. Um, and then as that date started approaching, there was like speculation that it was going to get canceled. Right, we and I- feel it. Right. And I was super bummed because I'm like, everybody's bought their plane ticket. um, And here I am, like, you know, without anything. And then finally, like, I think on like the 18th, they told me they're like, nope, we're not having it. And, you know, it's kind of canceled until further notice. My billboard, however, fun fact, is still on the 101. That's great. I've been there since March, so it's free advertising.
0: That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, they're paying for it, right?
1: Yeah, so basically all my other shit just got, like, completely torn to shit. Yeah. And they said that, you know, they can't really promise anything until life is back to normal because strip club policies, why am I going to wear a mask when I'm performing on stage? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I don't know.
0: Nobody's looking at your face, though, are they?
1: Maybe. Maybe people (laughs) have face
0: fetishes. (laughs) I have never heard it phrased that way. Face fetish? Is that a thing?
1: Yeah, you know, you don't
0: look at anything else but the face when people are into that. I believe that. Um, okay, what was the other nineteen questions I had as follow-ups? Um, I want to get to the big one, but I want I don't I, I I want that to be a, a a big part of it, but I don't want. Um, so wait, how did you handle everybody canceling? And it was that was the, it, that that moment that March. Tw- I remember that moment like everything was pending. And it felt like the world, like I knew, like, I was like, I'm not even, I was like supposed to visit people that next weekend. I was like, I'm not leaving Hoboken because I don't know if I'll be able to come back. So them telling you two days before is shitty. But at that point, had everybody kind of bailed already?
1: Um, No, so like my best friend was still going to come out and like my guy... Um, like, obviously we live together and so he actually will not go into a strip club nor will be involved in anything sex work related. Right. Um, so he was kind of just like, you know what? Like, even if you did have that gig, like, I wouldn't go, like I'd go to Ventura during the day to hang out with you guys. Sure. That's not it. Um, Yeah. So he was like, I'll make it the best birthday of your life. Like, it's cool. Like, we'll have a quarantine birthday. Um and my best friend, like, you know, I told her, Don't come, it's not worth it. Next thing I know, he's sick as fuck. Can't go to bed on my birthday. And I'm like, Are you serious? And he was like, Go hang out with other people. And I'm like, I would have totally had done something differently.
0: Oh, so your guy got fucked up. Not COVID, but not was just- COVID. and so you're just you were just left.
1: I was with- just left to the walls, but I ended up having a good night. It was just like Yeah, you know, I just did it without him. I was like, All right, deuces! Yeah, it was really unfortunate, like the whole situation, because you know, it's like it's a lot of money on the line to lose all of those gigs for the whole entire year, and then you have to learn how to make your money. Like, okay, to be fair with you, like, I'm not an online person, I don't like camming. I don't right. like spending 10 hours a day on my phone like, I like living in the moment. So feature dancing gave me the opportunity to like just be present. Right. And so then life quickly changed and I was not ready for having to do everything online. That was yeah. my true problem.
0: Yeah, same thing. It's like I didn't realize how connected to people I was becoming through the comedy part of tour, like touring part of comedy rather. Um, but it is it is like the whole... The whole thing because that connection like that i've seen the feature dancing spots and it's like if you're good at it that the whole connection that you're getting and then all the extra revenue with the merch that comes from it is a whole other but it's a whole experience um
1: it was great yeah. it was awesome yeah. was you know like i love shooting don't get me wrong but like i never found something i've actually really 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 love to do on a whole other level like right you know, you make so much money for being on stage for, like, 15 to 20 minutes, and, like, you make that in a day, shooting. Right. Like, finally, all your hard work is paid off, and, like, you know, you're just interacting with different people because I think it gets boring interacting with the same, like, group of industry people.
0: Yeah, well, and then also they came up with this term, uh, Zoom fatigue, since we've had this thing, and it's, like, the idea is, like... um, because you don't get any like real human uh, like interaction, like back from people by just talking into a screen all day. It's like, it's, it's, it's like a little bit soul crushing. And it's like, um, headed, or what I say, zoom fatigue. You just get like, it just drains you. Cause you're like putting all your energy and all your emotions into it. You get nothing back. Whereas on stage, you feel it. Mm-hmm. People are throwing shit, people, whatever. But so wait, with the feature dancing thing for the people that don't understand how it works, the, are you making most of your money on merch, on tips, or just straight, like, whatever you agreed with the club?
1: Um, no, I'd say, like, it depends on the club. Like, certain clubs are, like, um, like cash clubs. Like, tips are really good. Some clubs are not. Some are yeah. just, like, you know, you're getting a rate, but they have really good exposure. Like, okay, say you're going to Sapphire in Vegas. That is more like a club club where cash tips aren't as good, as what you're just going to make for your actual show. So just like understand, you're probably just going to make, you know, a couple hundred bucks on stage when sometimes you can make like way more than that at other clubs. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, selling merch is kind of unexistent at Sapphire Vegas because it's more like a nightclub than anything. Right. And they don't really make it specifically for featured dancers. They just want them to get on stage and want them off stage and want them out.
0: Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen that vibe in New York. It's it is interesting because it's like, like as a as a as a performer, like the value for me is as much stage time as I can get. And then with Sapphire, it's like we'll we're, we'll get you to town, we'll fly you in, we'll put you in the hotel. But like most of the day is not the club. Most of the day is like the logistics of there. You get there, you get on stage, you get off. It's done. It's that fast. And it's uh, I think that that's an interesting. It's an interesting experience because it, it like you say, it's like just 15 minutes, but it's like it ends up being like it's 36 hours of work that you put into those 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, it doesn't end. It's like costume shopping. I'm not a night person, actually. So being
0: interesting.
1: It's really hard for me because I don't drink. I don't party. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic, you know, and also, too, it's really crazy because. You know, right before I ended up with a feature dancing contract and I started dating my guy, he was nocturnal. So,
0: I... What, was, what does he do?
1: Um, he, you know, he was trying to get into comedy, but um, basically, like, he, it's kind of like an influencer on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, you know, no big deal. Also,
0: <laughs> too, <laughs>
1: It's kind of, like, just trying to figure out, like, what's next, you know? Because, like, he wants to do something more. Um, he was, you know, a recovering addict. So, right. um, basically, like, he wants to tell his story as well as I do about that type of shit. Because, like, dating that is a very hard thing while also being in the industry and trying to, like, manage everything all at once.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, it's that's, – that's the other thing with, like – performers and stuff it's like for so many years they were pushing performers to be addicts because like they want to because if you can get a performer to like get paid in booze or drugs that's better because then you have to give them cash and so a lot of industries have finally like people have gotten a lot more sober in the last like i'd say 10 years because it's like no, no no we we need we need money like any other job um so people are getting better at that but it is yeah so it's like the like the nightclub can totally take you over with the like pay you in this barter thing. Wait, so you keep saying my guy. Like what's okay, so what's the like frame it out what does it mean to be your guy like what's the bound like you're not calling him your boyfriend, you're not calling him your husband, you're not calling him your your <laughs> like what's the what's the bounds of the of the scenario?
1: You know of the
0: so, of the entanglement, if you will.
1: You know, it's so funny because I actually like I stay very private about, you know, personal relationships like that I've had within the industry because I think that You know, I always want to maintain a sense of normalcy um, because, first of all, I just think that, like, people don't respect boundaries within the industry. So if I bring, like, you know, a guy around, it's like everybody's on top of each other. And although, like, you know, I love sex, I love to fuck, like, also, too, when we're not working, like, you know, we're at an event and I'm not trying to, like, have you all over my person. Right, Um, right. So I kept it very private and also too just because like backlash, like I don't want anything to like, you know, go to anybody's families, but basically um him and I we never wanted a relationship ever. Like we're both kind of in the same boat and like I just want to, you know, be on my my money grinding train. I had a really big goal. And then I wanted to, like, stop in the industry and just, like, start investing in real estate. So yeah. I was on a very tight mission, like, going on tours, going, um, doing poker parties, like, doing all this stuff. And so I had no time for any type of relationship. So sure. basically, him and I, we kind of just were on the same page. And he actually used to be with somebody in the industry that's actually very well, well, well-known. And he said he would never date anybody in the industry again. Right. So... We kind of like had to deal with that for a little bit because, you know, I'm in the industry. So, um, you know, it kind of just evolved. Um, But I don't like the terminology like my boyfriend, my husband, my this, because then I I think think it's it's possessive.
0: It's kind of gross. It is possessive. I don't believe in people as possessions. And and it's hard because everybody else is in this other zone. Because as soon as you're a possession, then it's like you owe somebody something. And you're supposed to, like, you have to be all these other things for them. Yeah. And it doesn't make them or you ever be just you. Exactly. Which we've skipped that part. So, okay. So, well, but you're still, like, you're, there's still some level. It's, it's my guy. It's, it's a lot, whatever the title is, it exists. But no, I get you on this thing. As, as a, as a, like, from the performer perspective, it's always difficult to put somebody that you're dating on. Like, like the social media part of my life is supposed to be somewhat public. And then the other part of my life, the important shit's supposed to be somewhat private. So you don't put them on there. It's also like in my, like history, none of my relationships have lasted forever. So it's like, if I'm all in the camera with the person and then it, does, it goes away, then I got a whole other ex- explanation thing to do. Um, yeah. So when it's, when it's forever, you can get on my goddamn story. Uh
1: and also, too, like, when you kind of are with somebody that's a wild card, you just, like, you you never know. And also, too, I'm a wild card. Like, sure. I, I never know. Like, I'm all over the place. I'm super spontaneous. Like, one moment I want to live in America, the next moment I want to live in Spain. If you're not about it, we don't have a relationship because yeah. I'm still going to go. Like, I'm that person. So I just, like, I've learned in life that, you know, Nothing lasts forever because we all die alone eventually, um, you know. And so, I mean, like you can be with somebody until the day you die, but like eventually, you're still alone. So you have to be okay with being alone before you can be with somebody. Yeah, you gotta you to be, to be. Yeah,
0: honest. right. You gotta be. You gotta be yourself. Right. You gotta know who that is. And a lot of a lot of people don't know who that is. And as a lot of people are like terrified to be by themselves. That's what like that really came up that that comes up in like uh, um, blizzards but it really came up in quarantine was people just like i'm afraid to be alone let me let me find whoever's the closest to me now that i can make it work with and lock oh, yeah. it
1: down they were all going on tinder or bumble and trying to find like the nearest little cuddle buddy and i'm over here i'm like okay great so i have i have one but like also too shit's getting really rough because like you know uh as you know recovering addict in quarantine what do you think happens what do you think is like reality like it gets hard the gym is taken from you all your normalcy is like just gone so right then it's like a lot of stress and then you're like okay i'd actually me personally i'm like all right if i was alone right now i think like i'd be way more zen from the beginning um, yeah but also too i like to be alone
0: yeah, but it was, but it was a hopeless alone this round because it was like, I'm alone and I don't know what the fuck's happening next. Cause the world is on fire and what can, and then, and then like, what can we do about it? Like everything that I thought I built up as skills that is going to make me good in the world now are irrelevant skills, which was wild. It's a yeah, wild thing you, gotta,
1: thing. you gotta learn more. You have to like. You know, now is the time to invest in cryptocurrency. Now is the time to invest in stocks and do all of that. Because I think personally with the way the world is going, it's like, you know, Bitcoin is going to be the new currency that's going to be like the number one thing, which is why people are buying it left and right. So it's like instead of focusing all your energy on trying to become like TikTok famous or something like that, start investing your money in on something that's actually growing. And you, then you'll be fine. And then you have an abundance of crypto so that when, if new world order or anything like that happens, which, you know, there could be a possibility. I think this world's going to shit, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, but we're
0: right there. We're right there.
1: It, you, like, How did you know, know that like, I was trying to
0: become TikTok famous? That's what I'm trying to... <laughs> well,
1: if you're trying to become TikTok famous, you need to post like four times a day. And then <laughs> oh. invest all your fucking money that you make off of TikTok Put that in crypto. TikTok's a cock
0: block. TikTok's a cock block. I was watching a video yesterday where they where they uh, where they're they're swearing it was a it was uh it, it was a IF this and sucking that and whatever and they're doing a dance to it. And I'm like, okay, cool. TikTok doesn't have like restrictions and then I put a video up and they blocked me for uh, doing community standards and I didn't swear once, so I don't know what's going on with TikTok. I'm, I'm being cock-blocked by TikTok. Uh, sore subject. I'm, I'm on Now I'm on Donald Trump's team for TikTok all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah, get that shit out of here. I can't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I to pay TikTok. It's over for me. Uh-huh. Just make
1: another TikTok and then just join the natural algorithm. Once you get on okay. the algorithm, that's like all you have to do.
0: Just ride the wave?
1: Just ride the wave. Like I got on the algorithm and then I just fucked up and I didn't ride the wave. I just got really obsessed with all the sad videos on
0: TikTok and- uh... Yeah, well, cause it knows you. So it's like, I remember when I first got on and I was like, I was like, I was like asking people, I was like, I was like, is your TikTok just like uh, barely legal girls dancing with like uh, like like size zero? And they were like, no, that's you, bro. You gotta get out of there. get out of there. And now it's all like, yeah, now it's all weird dog videos where they just come in and they like poke their owner. So that's, that's my new TikTok. Wait, yeah, what's your sad TikTok? Though.
1: Mine's weird. Like mine is like hopeless from um like relationships, like loving yourself, and then like addicts.
0: Wow, what's like, the addict story on TikTok
1: like? Oh my god, it's honestly really crazy. Like you know, I actually thought about starting to like make a TikTok page, even like as like my performer self, of like what it's like to date somebody that's recovering addict. Yeah, the journey is so intense it's so up and down you never know what's going to happen and like you know my brother and my dad they were addicts my brother still um you know he OD'd and so like my dad died when i was 10 oh. um but he he ended up getting sober at 28 and like becoming very successful but the thing is it's like i have a soft spot for like you know people that struggle um or that are recovering they all tend to like follow me But, um, you know, I like to go on TikTok and see all that stuff because it's like I see a lot of like homeless people that are posting their story on TikTok, going from like, you know, grocery carts to like having really big houses or, you know, losing all their family. And now like six months clean, now they're getting their family back. And it's just it's really beautiful to see. And I think that it's really overlooked because a lot of people just like shame, you know, people that suffer with addiction, but it's also like. We all have our things that we're
0: addicted to in life. So your, you feel like your journey is connecting to people that are addicts that are on their way up to change.
1: Yeah, because sure.
0: there's, you know, there's obviously the other trajectory. So do you think there's like a nostalgia to, like, because you said like these people keep finding you, but aren't, aren't, aren't you in some way? Like, aren't you the other side of the magnet? Like you're the thing that's attracting or when you feel that in another person, doesn't that drive you closer to them? Do you think?
1: You know, to be honest, it drives me away. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, just because you can't save people that don't want to be saved. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink at the end of the sure. day. So typically when it comes to addicts, like, you know, it's like you remain distant because if they're in their addiction... It's, you know, they have to do that on their own, but I'm going to tell you if they're like year two years, three years sober. Okay, great. That's awesome. Like I'll totally befriend you because you know, what we all struggle. And now I see that like you're changing and you're growing. But the thing is, is that if you are active in your addiction, it just comes down to, you're going to fuck my life up.
0: Yeah. What do you find? Do you find that people, um, like, can you spot the lie? Like, can you feel that moment when somebody, uh, is like, they know you, you've now come to the point where where they know that it will matter to you if they slip up and then they start slipping up, but then trying to play it like they're not like, can you feel that moment when somebody starts to lie to you?
1: Yeah. So it's actually quite funny. And it's an experience that like, you know, I, I actually had in my own personal dynamic, um, you know, during quarantine actually, and I noticed there was some like weird things going on, and I just like, I had intuition, like I'm like there's something that's just really wrong here, right. like and then you start again, like you're a crazy person, like you're, you're you start intuition. to doubt yourself yeah, and then I'm like, wait wait, 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 wait I'm wise, also too I don't do drugs, I don't smoke weed, I don't like really even drink, so like I know I'm thinking like one hundred percent coherently about everything. And also too like I've been on a really big spiritual journey for like the past eight years of my life. So you know, I, I meditate on the daily and I do yoga on the daily. So I think that makes me really in tune with other people's energies. So once I see certain things because I observe everything, I'll just notice right then and there that you're lying. But then it comes down to, you know, they can get manipulative and they can gaslight you and make you feel like you're the issue. And then you just start to think, okay, well, my intuition's just bullshit. But what I've learned is that you need to always trust it. Like even when you don't want to trust it, you have to, because, you know, it comes down to what's going to happen in your life. Are you going to get affected by an next, or, or what?
0: Right. Yeah, it is. It's, it's tough. Cause the only thing I've really learned as I grow older it's like, everything is a pattern. Um, and, and these patterns repeat themselves. So like, even, even down to like, um, the way, like the types of messages that I get on Instagram from strangers are all sort of in like, like one of three categories. And so for the same, from the same effect, it's like you could meet somebody and they're not the person that you dated that had this other problem. But if they start to exhibit some of the same behaviors, it's like you start to recognize that thing. And it's like, we're very, very, um, like repetitive creatures and not not even on purpose. Like there's a lot of things that like people don't know that they're doing that is just a piece of history and this is the way that it goes. And once you recognize those and have confidence in the fact that you know what they are, it helps you to kinda like get away from some of the mess. But the worst thing I've I've had to deal with is like, when you know that the thing is there and you just and you just all you want is the person to confirm it and they just they will die before they confirm it for you and you gotta you gotta trust your gut because yeah
1: you have to trust your gut and also too, you have to trust people where they are and that doesn't right. even come down to like you know addiction that comes down to anything in life is that you know when people are ready to talk they're gonna talk some people are open some people are closed some people think that they're going to be you know shamed for anything that they decide to do in their life and so whatever you think or wherever you are i have to respect you and i have to respect your vibe so if you don't want to come out to me i know within myself what's good and you know and i've learned that in friendships like in my own uh family relationships and personal relationships um it's like I'm a big talker. I like to talk through things. I need to communicate, but also to like, I operate at a deeper level. Like, I just feel things so deeply that if I don't, I feel like I'm not being authentic to myself to talk about it. But other people aren't like that, and that's okay. Yeah, and that's like it's expectation. People think that you have to be some type of way, and you have to talk about something, or you have to like be affectionate, or you have to do this. But it's not. It's just like. You know, it's what life has made it all out to be in my mind, my opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, cause right. I mean, all the things you said, it's like, you're never going to make somebody connect with you the way that you need them to. They're still going to be them. And you got to, yeah, you got to find some middle ground on that. Um, or just go, this is who they are and, and, and understand what their pattern is and understand that this behavior might be the way that they show love. And then, try to understand that even if it doesn't like get you to where you need to get to. But so I guess my question is at this point in your life, when, when somebody is, is at that mark where you kind of know what the next pieces are, do you detach or do you try and like get them out of traffic? Like do you try to push them out of the, or do you just bail? Like what's the right move?
1: bail necessarily but I think okay so say you know you're in a toxic relationship right for instance you if you're in a toxic relationship with somebody and I see all the signs and I'm like yo this is there and like your life is about to get fucked and you don't listen to me I'm gonna let you do you I'm gonna let you experience your pain you have to experience your own pain because for me, it's like, you're not going to learn any lessons and you're going to repeat the same things and get hurt over and over and over again. So it's like, it's coming to terms with accepting whatever it is. Like, you know, I had to come to terms with, you know, that the addiction thing that he was at a point where he wasn't wanting to change, and I had to like detach and be like, you know what? Like, I got to step back. I love you, but also too, you need to feel your own addiction. You need to feel what's going on because I can't change you. Like, right. I love you unconditionally, no matter what. Like, you know, I, I have love for everybody, but also too, it's tough love. It's like, it, it's. Wow, that thunder! Uh, it's not you're never gonna you're never gonna grow if you don't actually feel what happens and like who you can lose in the process of like the decisions that you make.
0: Yeah, well, I think one of the hardest parts of life is having uh, not a not a an unrealistic expectation, but having like a, a a standard for somebody else that you think they should have for themselves that they're never going to try and meet. And it's like no, it's like no. You're I have you here. You're so here, and you think you're here, and you're never. We can't ever meet. I so you only you only put yourself in situations to, to like meet this middle level that, you know, you can achieve beyond. And that's that's always. But it's like you. It means you can't. Yeah, you can't force it upon them, and you can't make them understand that whole piece uh, at all.
1: Yeah. Also, too. I mean, it's like at one moment you're one person and then over time you change every day you're constantly changing and evolving so yeah who's to say one week from now you're not going to think differently who's to say that like you may not feel differently so like what am i how am i supposed to hold you to a certain expectation if you tell me you're going to do something i put my trust in it that you're going to do it and if you don't do it yeah, sometimes I get like, you know, butthurt, but also too, I understand that at the end of the day, we're evolving creatures and like influences, outside influences will always influence our mind to like think differently.
0: You say that you say you, you say it a lot that um that we change and I, I I don't know, do you really feel like even as much as you've grown, do you think you're like At the soul of what comes naturally and what are instincts do you do you think that has that's changed over time?
1: I think it's evolved. Yeah. I guess that would be kind of like a change, right? Like I think that you know, maybe it's not necessarily change, but it's really like uncovering who you actually are, right? And coming closer to that, which therefore, like in you know, terms of like if you were to look at me one year from now, I've changed. But, you know, in my eyes, I've just come closer to the actual version of myself. Like, right now in my life, I'm the most vulnerable part of myself. I've uncovered many layers of myself, and I've learned to be open and honest. And, you know, that, to me, is a big change in my life. But that's also, too, I'm realizing I'm just coming closer to who I am at the core of me. And I think some people go their whole life without even knowing their, core,
0: well, or the, I think that, I think everybody knows, but I think we spend time denying it based on whatever we thought was, was, was like important when we were kids. And like that, that stays sort of forever and it's hard because it, you know, whatever you, you, you stored as a value, you can't on store that. And it's really hard to change that. And you don't know why you feel that way. And if you inside don't, don't like align with that thing, it's like a life struggle. Um, and sexuality is always a big one, and the easiest one for people to understand is like just somebody who's who's never who never is out, and it's like because of all the societal things. Um, but there are so many other pieces of a person that are that maybe are never out. Um,
1: Absolutely, I mean, sexuality was like huge and huge in my life because you know, like growing up in the South, for instance, like that, it's very close-minded here, you know. Yeah. Um And I didn't want to come out because I didn't even know what I was in the beginning. Like, you know, my mom, this girl kissed me in my driveway and my mom walked out. I didn't kiss her first. She kissed me. And next thing I know my mom is standing right there and I'm having this conversation that I really did not intend to have because I wasn't certain that I was 100%, you know, bisexual. Right. Um, And so like, you know, and I had to like live with that, and I and I didn't for a really long time. Like, you so know, so that
0: moment does that does that send you like off as like now you're now you're like actively openly in your mom's face straight, as a as a result, or what is that? What 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 does that send you? What trajectory does that send you in to have that moment with your mom?
1: that moment with my mom like made her view me as like obviously bisexual but also too it was like that moment like my mom said at least you have good taste in women (laughs) (laughs) but like you know to be honest after I had that conversation like I could I could see the hurt in my mom's eyes because you know she's really religious and she wants me to have a family one day and all of that stuff and so For a really long time, like, I just kind of, like, made myself feel bad about being who I was. But my mom didn't make me feel bad about being who I was, if that makes sense. It was just I had that pressure because I was religious at the time. And I I didn't think it was okay.
0: And it's not that she's not. um, Because, like, your family can not – they don't have to act – and that's what's crazy about, like, growing up. Like you don't have to actively have somebody poking at you. You just you have a little bit of you have like a voice in your head where you know what you want, but you have this other voice that says, "Oh, but like ev- all these people want something else." And that and that voice is is like just talking to you the whole time and trying to like disregard this voice. And that's like that's that's like legitimately like what growing up is is you're just trying to fight these two.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, after like I came clean to my mom or. You know, I I guess like I came clean. There was no coming clean because I didn't even know.
0: But right, you say you said you said you didn't understand really where you were.
1: Yeah. But so you I mean, but you're
0: also like I can't deny that that happened.
1: Yeah, and I can't deny the fact that like you know my mom knew that I liked it in that moment because she could see right. what was happening. But it made me go. But so you owned
0: the- it though. You took responsibility for it, which is actually pretty huge for being young.
1: I owned it, but then also, too, like, I started partying a lot after that. Like, you know, I lost myself after that. Like, I, I was in porn, and it was like, you know what? Let me fuck the whole world. Like, not yeah. you know, not just on step, but, like, just in life in general, and, like, you know, let me do a ton of, like, you know, drugs and shit like that to try to, like, make it okay.
0: Well, how old are you at this point?
1: I was 19. Okay. Yeah, so it's, like, and also, too, like, I wasn't aware of what Hollywood was like, so, like, I was just living my best life in my eyes, but, you know, honestly, I was destroying myself, and so it wasn't until I actually accepted my sexuality that my life became great. Yeah. Um, you know, now I know in my heart, like, what I want, and I always tell people all the time, it's like, I love women. absolutely love them. I adore them. Don't know if I could ever date one ever again in my life, because... You know, it's just there's certain things that I would miss in a man that like I need, um, and I'm a very dominant person, so I need someone to out-dominate me and like. Oh, I thought you
0: were gonna go the other way. Okay.
1: No, and so like. So you're I- like, well,
0: so because if you because so you're very dominant, so you you need to feel that, or you think you're gonna run amuck if somebody can't
1: somebody can't out-dominate me then I just like they can't fuck me like I won't let them and so then I never get mine and then I'm the top and then I'm just like there's no switching because like you're like my little bitch at that point um and so like you know there's been maybe one or two women in my life where it's been like you can out-dominate me and good for you um but also too I always said like if I dated a woman it would have to be like an open relationship because I still love men. Yeah. Um, but and thank you.
0: Are- thank you for calling us men and not dick. I was worried you were going to say, I love dick. And that's uh, and that's that's where a lot of these conversations go. It's like, no, no, no. We're like uh, all of us, you can't just, not just the dick. All no, of the. All you. of
1: you is important, not <laughs> just your dick. Yeah. Just your, if you were talking to me four years ago, I'd say you're just dick, but. <laughs> yeah I've, right. I've evolved a little bit since that moment but yeah i mean like what honestly once my once my sexuality came out and like i was open about it like i stopped partying i really found myself i went to yoga school in nepal like i oh, sure. like, yeah i was out there for like two months and that like completely changed my life i didn't masturbate i didn't have sex i didn't do anything i just did yoga eight hours a day yeah just, like, studied the life. this
0: literally this, all he does is yoga eight hours a day is like a um it's, it's just it's like a fun like it's like a heckle that i feel like people say all the time like jokingly but you that's a real thing
1: yeah it was a real thing and it was a really hard thing just yeah. imagine waking up at like 4 15 in the morning to go neti pot in the himalayan mountains and you see like you know water coming out of one nostril of your nose and then like you know you have to do it on the other end and then uh, sit there and do it for about 30 minutes before you go do eight hours of yoga and you're sore as shit after and you're eating raw vegan Indian food, basically. Right. So imagine how your stomach feels being right next to Mount Everest. Wait, you
0: know? why do you have to neti pot? What's the neti pot piece? You said oh, that right. like like we knew that that was like what a thing that's part of eight hours of yoga. I didn't <laughs> know that's was a thing.
1: So I mean like, okay, in like yogi tradition, basically they always say that, like, you want to make sure that your passageways are open and clear. So the thing is, is when you use a neti pot and you either do it with warm water or you put, um, like, salt inside of it, yeah. then you're getting all the toxins out of your nose because your nose collects, like, within the hairs of it. So right. it's, like, it gets all of that out. It gets all of the pollen out. And also, too, it wakes you up. It, like, basically wakes up your chi inside of yourself. So once you're, like, through with that, that's like – better than having three shots of espresso essentially right interesting <laughs> yeah like your brain is waking up and then you're ready to fucking breathe and yoga is all about breathing
0: yeah yeah that's the part that makes sense yeah yeah that's the thing is i'll be doing i'll be doing it and then anybody who like has anything like you're not breathing at all like you're not doing it i'm like no, but i'm like, but like you're not doing it you're not breathing you got to do the breathing part that's the most important part <laughs>
1: yeah. you. I mean, you can be in like downward dog and if you're not breathing, like it's pointless to be in downward dog because like you're not activating the muscles inside your body. And like a lot of people look at yoga as like um, a workout. And to me, it's so much more than that. Um, you know, it a thing that changed my life. So I take it very serious. It's like, if you can't master your breath, you can't master life.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: Like, it, we all breathe, you know, so shallow. Typically, like you breathe from your chest. You don't breathe from the pit of your stomach. You breathe from the pit of your stomach. You don't have anxiety.
0: Yeah, I think everybody watching now is gonna be uh, like <laughs> thinking about their breathing. Like, <laughs> think about your breath. Control your breath. I get in that <laughs> weird. I get in that weird one more like uh, when I was a kid. I would like be. I would think about my breath too much, and then I would like figure. I like. I would forget the rhythm that my body. Already wants to breathe in. Does that ever happen, right? And you're just like, you're like, how am I supposed to? And then it does, and then you feel shallow. Now with the masks too, it's hard. It's, it's hard. like, it because you the tendency is to wanna breathe shallow. Um, and then you're mm-hmm. and with the mask, you get the heat. It's all. It's just like a mind fuck. It's just like it's a, all of the muscle memory to breathe is now like uh, called into question.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, I think you know. People don't like my perspective on COVID or the things that are happening in the let's world. Let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very controversial for sure. So I think like COVID is definitely like something that is more political than anything because if you actually look at the articles that are coming out nowadays, it's like, okay, CDC falsified tests. You know, people that are dying um, and that had COVID, they died with COVID. It doesn't mean that they died from COVID. like They could have had a heart attack, but they tested positive for COVID. So now they're saying, oh, okay, well, you know what? COVID made you die, but in reality, it didn't. You just had it.
0: Well, let me ask you, um, because the thing I'm finding lately is that some of the, like in the conspiracy stuff, some of the initial argument makes a lot of sense, but then with that line of, of thought that you're at, right. Where if you died and I don't know, I don't know the, I don't know the facts on either side of this. So I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you or agreeing with you, but if that was the the scenario, then what, what do they have to gain, um, from that? And part B, um, if, if that's true, then what does that mean for the virus that like, if you still, if still this many people had it, and died and got it which we i didn't get it you didn't get it right um then then that doesn't that doesn't make the disease any less prevalent right
1: yeah yeah i mean okay so like my thing is is that okay um I think that it has a lot of things. I think it has something to do with the election that's coming up. I think that, you know, it's a really good ploy to be like, okay, you know what? We're going to give Americans the stimulus checks and we're going to offer Americans unemployment. And so we're going to make it seem like Donald Trump is like this greatest thing in the world because he's the one that's activating all of these relief programs, right? But then, you know, why is it that we can't leave the country? Or why is it that we can't even go to like you know certain parts of the country? When- sure.
0: And I don't and I don't disagree with any of that. Uh, and that's and I think that's a separate part of the the same discussion. But from the standpoint of if somebody dies, yeah. uh, of something else and we mark it as COVID, what's the what's the win? I guess is what I'm asking. Uh,
1: I think that the win is a sense of control for the people sense of fear i think that it causes like way more fear for people to be like you know what i'm here and i'm not going outside because so many people are dying from this every single day but in reality it's like you know people die from the flu people die more from heart disease and everything so it's like i think that it's you know we've become like american prisoners that are at home you know i think that um it's like now it's gotten to a point because every time somebody new dies, more and more people would be willing to like walk into a concentration camp if they knew that Corona wasn't there. It's like just I think more I think so- you're
0: getting to I think you're getting to some really solid stuff. I think I think some of the some of the pieces. Some of the pieces are hard to um, like I, I'm, I'm with you at the end at the end game, right? Yeah, um, which I think is, with I think is more important because especially now, uh, more than ever, people were squabbling about the middle game, um, which it doesn't matter, right? It's like it's, if we all, if we all get to the same home base, it doesn't really matter which math we used, right? Like, like there's a hundred different ways to solve a math problem, um, so I, I will say that. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough because. All, all those things are facts, right? And and we are. And we are. We, I mean, we're stuck. We're stuck in this thing. Um, but, you know, I don't know. None of that really changes the fact that, that the U.S. is not, is we're doing the worst job of it, right?
1: Yeah, but also, too, if you, like, look at the way Europe did it, certain parts of Europe didn't go on, like, a massive, massive lockdown, and they were able to control it just fine. Sweden was able to control it just fine, and they haven't had, like, any spread of Corona with like in three months. Yeah. We were shut down for one week. We were shut down for like three months. Yeah. Um, we're still kind of shut down. But like-
0: and were we, and, but like, was anybody really doing any of the right things? That's the, I saw a video yesterday that made me realize like the, the realities of kind of what's maybe what's happening. And um, somebody was like, their, their parody video was like, Um, yeah, it's like, I haven't been going anywhere. And they just start listing all the places that were like high danger places to go. And it's like, but it's not, it's like, we went to Disney world, but it's like, what am I going to do now? Bring my kids to Disney world. And it's like all this thing. And I, and I think, I think we all need to be more honest about what, how we're putting ourselves at risk, not you and me. Right. But like, there's a whole other chunk of people that are saying they're doing the thing and maybe aren't aren't like, are they, are we as Americans really doing it?
1: see but that's also the thing i don't believe in masks like i actually don't so i'm probably like the worst person to talk to about this because everybody hates my opinion on it i think masks do more harm to yourself right you're good like yes they're protecting like other people from you but also to like think about this how many people are starting to break out on like you know their face now Why is that? Because now bacteria is growing on your face. Do you think that's actually good for you? Do you think that breathing in your own carbon dioxide is good for your body? Absolutely not. And even if you had an N95 mask, um, which, you know, is great, like it's great breathing, but also to they get really dirty, and the bacteria buildup becomes so heavy in a matter of just like hours that you have to change it out. Right? Like yeah, we're
0: not even using even hours. if even if the mask thing was the way it's supposed to be, we're not doing it the way it's supposed to be done.
1: Yeah, they say that like COVID dies out at 170 something degrees a banya, which is like the hottest russian sauna it goes up to 213 degrees so, so
0: fucking saunas for everybody
1: why why is it that saunas are not like able to go on use because disease can't even last in a sauna like you know people right. go to sauna to get rid of their sickness so we're not even able to go to a sauna and people also don't even know what to be taking like what kind of supplements like we're not doing a good job and being like, you know what, these are the holistic methods to prevent us from actually getting this, you know, virus. Sure. Right. And I think that, you know, it, it also comes very big into like big pharma. Oh, like- I
0: agree with, I agree with all of this that you're saying. Yeah. Because we're not, we don't have a solution. Yeah. We don't have any. Yeah. So we're, we, all the pieces are there. Um, and we could definitely, we could definitely talk about this for like another hour and a half, but let's, we're, we're sick of it. Uh, you know, they're sick of it. Let's skip it. Yeah, um, so wait, you keep saying that people don't like your opinion. Um, there's plenty of people that I think like are on board with what you're saying, but so you're in North Carolina now. Do you find that talking to people in North Carolina more aligned with the with with some of what you're saying than back in California?
1: Yes, for sure. I and mean, it's funny because people are more small minded out here, so you would assume that it'd be other way, but. Actually, in California, people are just, like, really paranoid because, you know, they don't have as much land. They feel like they're on top of each other. Also, too, they work in entertainment mostly, and so they're freaking out because their jobs are, like, destroyed. Whereas people out here are like, well, we're all essential workers, and, you know, we're just out here living our best life. Right. And, too. You know what? If we die, we die. Because- There's that
0: Sure. Well, that's I don't know if I agree with we die, we die. That's fine. I think that's a weird life to lead that you're ready. I mean, I guess I'm ready. I guess if I died today, I accomplished everything I was supposed to accomplish up to this point. But but then there is this other thing where it's like, yeah, people in North Carolina be like, I can go off grid. Fuck it. I can grow my own shit. I'm ready. I can go underground. I'm ready to do it. Um, and I have that mindset now. Would you would you be ready to go underground right now?
1: Oh, for sure. I've been talking about buying a house and making, like, a bunker inside of my house and, like, creating, like, a whole apartment in my basement
2: that would
1: be, like, fireproof, warproof because, honestly, I feel like if, like, the world sees exactly the way that it is, it's going to end up in a war pretty fucking soon because people are getting angry, like, money's not Ooh, being paid yeah. like we're we don't have social lives like we're losing people like everything that could possibly go wrong is going wrong and a lot of like the movements and everything i think they're fantastic and i think that there is a lot of injustice but also too it's causing massive divides within people yeah so i think that like what just people are really naive to the fact of like what's actually going on so i think that having stuff like that you know, I, I'm totally ready to just go under and have everything that I want underground. Yeah. And I'm so, honestly,
0: I, I'm right there. I like, and I, and I, and I, there's a part of me that loves that, that version of life just being either underground or just being so far away from people that it doesn't even matter. Like the, the, the worst thing I got to worry about is like a bear or something, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I thought about like getting land in like Montana or something Right. <laughs> like just in the middle of nowhere and yeah. having like an escape house.
0: Right. I'm so mad that I'm so mad that I picked a career that's so like internet uh, dependent. Like, like, like that's the one piece. It's like that piece of me that's so important to me is being funny and, and, and be not being able to do it on a large scale is the scariest part of like going off grid. And I don't know how to resolve that piece. Like, I don't know. Like I, I'll just tell jokes to deer. I don't know. I don't know how to do it, you know, but that's the only thing that stops me from wanting all of that life. I
1: think it's just like becoming content with like, you know, like, Being funny for yourself, maybe, like really just like you know, being like, okay, yeah, I'm a funny ass person. Like I do make people laugh, but right now, like, let's make me laugh.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that's what it is. It's like it's like, yeah, I can make me come. That's enough, right? Like like, what's the value of 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 being able to be able to make anybody else come if you can't make yourself come? So it's that same vibe for for comedy. As long as I think it's funny, I don't need the extra. But that's the problem with comedy. And with sex, it's all about the the interaction and making sure the other person is getting as much out of it as what you're out of it. And that's the hard part of the Both and of our professions.
1: Because I can't even make myself come.
0: Uh, okay. Like, that's not funny at all.
1: No, it's like, it's fucking funny. Like, I know how to make other people come. But my yeah. problem that I've learned in my life is like, you know, I can use a Hitachi. I can use all this stuff. I'll sit there for three hours trying to make myself thrive. Yeah, why? But like if you were to try to make me come, twenty seconds, it's all right. It's because I need human connection. Sure. Like I I thrive off of that. Like I even if like, you know, a very unattractive person is standing in the in the hallway, I'll be able to make myself come. But if I'm looking at a computer screen or something like that, no way. Like I have spank thing for sure, but like I don't know. There's just something so fascinating with the human body. And again, I think this goes and ties into like my spiritual like practice. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to connect always. Like I always find sex to be such a great connection. And, you know, I've always tried to bring that into porn as well. Like shooting is just trying to heal people through my sure. sex. Which, like, you know, some girls are like, yeah, fuck me, daddy. Let me be, like, your nasty little slut. And I'm like that, too. But also, too, I do in a way that's, like, super healing. and like, You're like, actually, let
0: me fuck your soul.
1: Yeah. So a lot of times people, like, after shooting with me, they're like, shit yeah, I didn't like eye contact before. Or, you know, like, you actually made me feel really uncomfortable because it's super vulnerable. And, like, I felt yeah. like a different place. And I'm like, right. well, that's because, like, you're insecure with certain parts of you. Um, but yeah. I like, I like stacks that like, it's really
0: filthy, but like also too. um, well, it's filthy because you've, you can take it to the place where everybody's comfortable and confident. It's the same thing a, com- a good community can do with an audience is you get to that place where you've all agreed that, that we're all in a vulnerable place. And then you could talk about the shit, the real shit. And it's the same, it's the same analogy. It's crazy. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. That's, that was, that was like the weird thought I had starting this podcast was like all the linear shit sex and comedy sex and humor and trauma all that shit just lines yeah. up every time
1: trauma and being funny go hand in hand you know people that are hurting like to be super funny people that are hurting love to have sex it gets you out of your head and that's yeah. cool. it's like watching netflix you do that because you want to get out of your head because you feel bored and what's bored it's being complacent like you really just don't feel okay with absolutely nothing. So you have to like indulge into something.
0: Yeah. Well that, yeah, we've really taken it to a horrible place where you don't have to be connected to the shit that you're watching anymore. And that's, that's a, that's a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't know. I'm not sure about like other people that come on this podcast, but like, I get like super philosophical so you can stop me at any time. No,
0: I want, no, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what I want.
1: I just like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, Too many people, like, they, they're so scared of, like, their shadow self and, like, that negative place within themselves. Or, like, they don't really think about why they actually do things that they do. Like, I know why I'll drink a Coca-Cola, you know? like Essentially... Why am I drinking it if, like, you can put it on an engine and what does it do? Like, it can, like, grow a fucking engine. Well, that essentially is called self-sabotage, even in, like, the smallest degree of it. It's like, you know... Essentially, we have these things where it's like we could be super healthy, but we kind of don't take ourselves there because we have these guilty pleasures.
0: Well, we also I think it's a it's a mortality thing, right? Like we want to see it's even with drugs. It's like I know a certain level of drugs is going to kill me, but I want to get real close so I can prove that I'm alive like that's.
1: Yeah, you're telling me, oh, my God, that is a thing I just I can't grasp my head around and know like people like who have like unfortunately like messed around with some gnarly stuff like my brother he you know he used to use fentanyl and like heroin and Jeez. you know all that stuff and like yeah. he would shoot but like he would never bring that shit around me. Like if I was anywhere close to that he'd be like don't smell that. Don't like don't touch it because you know it'll kill you. You'll overdose and I'm like so like if you're telling me that I'm gonna overdose and die well, why are you putting that shit in your body? How does that right. make any sense? You know exactly that it's going to end badly. And like, you don't want that for me, but like you want that for you.
0: So whatever you found to be the logic of that, there there isn't, right? It's like like, at that point in his life, his body is physically calling for it, right? And so there's no, there's no, there's no, like, there's no steps. There's no like argument. There's no like, Seven pieces of being able To like make him understand He's like no I get it I get that it's awful And I'm not gonna stop
1: I think that comes down to People thinking that they have control Over it still sure. They think that they can just get out of it And that it's gonna be okay But in reality it's not okay And they don't realize like Okay like I know somebody Who fucks around with that shit as well And it's like I tell them all the time I'm like you know, the side effects to all this is this. And they're like, no, I don't. And I'm like, exactly. You're just pissing your life away at this point. Like right. research the drug that you do because you know what? Like there's a reason why people are dying every single day. And people die more from opiates than any other like drug or alcohol like in the world. Um,
0: well, I it's think- it's because it's one of those ones where it's like this ends one way. Yeah you go you go one you go one stair step too far and this is how it goes
1: but the problem with like opiates is that it literally depletes you so much more than anything else that like when you get out of like your addiction and you're trying to recover and you literally can't feel pleasure like at all there's like a a disorder that you get after for like about a month where like you do not feel anything but just like a robot like you're just like your brain is just completely gone and so people sometimes they can't get through that and i think that's the reason it's just like you know how am i supposed to live through this 30 days of feeling like absolutely like nothing
0: right i'd just- rather be back there right
1: yes i'd rather just like kill my body and like take you know that day by day because at least i'm living because this great. is a form of living
0: it's crazy because i have sort of the like that feeling that they have about not drugs that 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 they're like given from a chemical perspective that's how my brain thinks about doing drugs like like every time i smoke weed i'm like is this gonna last forever which is what stops me from doing the next thing right and why i've been so like whatever you prude or whatever whatever you want to call it what's um uh straight edge whatever the thing is uh whatever whatever skew every time my brain's going this might be permanent and you're saying the other side is is them on the other side being like if 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 i'm not doing drugs i'm gonna feel nothing forever and i never i never process that as a thing that's that's interesting
1: yeah i mean it's a new trip because i'm the same exact way as you I am like, oh, well I see this, like what happens if this just goes completely south and then I'm fucked and like I'm not trying to get fucked. Like even right. though life may seem bad right now, it's gonna be twenty times worse. Like I just always like
0: like I'm a big
1: optimist in life, but like honestly when it comes to that, like I am the biggest pessimist and realist, I'm like, nope, there I I don't wanna I don't wanna just do Coke because like then I'm just gonna keep doing Coke. I don't wanna right. Why, why do I want to do that to
0: my body? My body's my temple. What is it? It's interesting, right? Because you have that experience. You have like, my parents This is not, not comparable. I'm not saying our experiences are, 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 are linear, uh, but my parents smoked. So then the, the, the two options when people who had parents that smoked were start smoking immediately because whatever they're doing it. So like, let's do it. Or you go become so anti-smoking that like that becomes your your vibe and i think it's the same kind of thing with people who grow up with addicts is they either they're either gonna like fall in line or they're gonna like there's sort of no middle ground on the thing because you've seen the effect right so you either go totally against or you're just like fuck it it's the same and i'm and i'm part of it and i can't control it and you give up to it um
1: absolutely it's it's a really tough thing and again like just have to meet people where you are like my dad was a smoker i would get struck throat every single time he smoked i'm allergic Interesting. to cigarettes like i cannot stand cigarettes i can never be with somebody that smokes cigarettes um you know i don't even like when people smoke blunts around me that's sure. like like that's a big trigger for me i think you know and a lot of people disrespect that about me like they you, they don't realize how serious i am and i'm like please don't smoke fucking blunt around me like if you like me, you will not do this. Because like, one, I'm allergic to, you know, tobacco. And secondly, like, I just don't like it. Like, it has bad memories for me. And you'd be surprised at how many people just are so inconsiderate. And they're like, Oh, it's just a blunt. Oh, it's just a cigarette. And that to me is it's so sad, because it's like, I'm so considerate. Like, Even when it comes down to things such as, like, PDA in public, I'm not going to show PDA to my significant other in public. I hate it. I don't know if somebody else is going through a heartbreak right now, and I don't want to push someone over the edge. Like, I know what it's like to be on that side of, like, having a heartbreak and, like, looking at someone and being like, fuck, I really wish that was, like, me, you know, in those arms and, and, like, it make me cry and stuff. I don't want to be – the reason for anybody's tears i want to be the reason that people smile and have joy and like love and life so like i could take my shit and bring it back to my house
0: yeah no, i like that yeah. that's a good that's a good that's gonna be my new excuse I, 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 it's never. It never feels natural. It never feels natural to be all over somebody in public. And I know I don't like it. And and it's and it's been something that's that's been trouble because it's like oh you're just like worried because there's other girls. It's like no, there's not other girls. There's you and we're in public and it's weird. I just think it's weird. So I'm gonna use your. I'm gonna use your excuse next time where it's like no, no. Somebody might be. Ha- might somebody might have a heartbreak nearby. So I don't wanna do that. You might have froze on my end. Uh, back with Sophia Grace. I don't know why we lost you. Apparently, you're in the you're in the you're in the deep woods of North Carolina, uh, and that sometimes uh, makes us lose uh, whatever we're doing. Uh, but thank you for thank you for coming back. Um, just in case we don't know what's going to happen, let's let's uh, let's let's de-escalate. Well, Okay. So first of all, you told me before this thing started, you're in North Carolina staying with somebody in particular. Is this the guy we were talking about the whole time?
1: No, this is different. <laughs> No, so, like, my guy, he's back in L.A. right now.
0: And where are you now?
1: I'm in Charlotte at my mom's ex-boyfriend's house.
0: Yeah, what the fuck does that mean?
1: (laughs) Um, It just means that, you know, my mom dated this guy for, you know, some time, and they didn't work out, and him and I were way closer than uh, they were.
0: Was he, like, a father figure to you? Like, how old were you when you knew him?
1: This was, like... Seven years ago. Okay. So, so like
0: is, is it a weird daddy fetish, you think?
1: You know, no, but he's like the coolest fucking person. I talk about like, you know, anal with him and like DPs and like all this crazy shit about like porn and like he's just like super fucking like rad and like it's really weird how like cool and like gross I can get without like yeah. being gross.
0: Um but, wait so like, you do you not do you not have a sexual relationship? uh uh-uh. Oh, you don't?
1: No.
0: Oh, oh, I thought okay. So I so I'd I'd miss miscategorized mis- mis- it already. Oh, so that's dope. So I appreciate that. I do like that. I do like that vibe. I had a weird vibe with a good a good friend of mine. I like met his mom and she's 65 years older than me. No, she's so she's 70, she's almost 80. And yeah. uh and she was like I met her and she's like my soulmate. And I was like, I don't know, who, I don't know what this is. But all I want to do is talk to you, and I had that vibe with like with like an adult that I shouldn't have had that vibe with. Do you know what I mean? Really? When it's, when it's weird like that, it's like I would like go to I would like go to where my buddy's mom is, and I'd be like, "Hey man, i I think I'm gonna stay with your mom. Is that okay?" Like, and it was like it was like a little weird, but it was like but it was good for both of us.
1: That's hilarious. No, see, I love that. I think it's so cool. Like when you can be like really open with like somebody, and also too, I think it's like really weird. My mom doesn't really. Like you know, fuck with it too much, but I don't really care what my mom thinks, you know, yeah. that much. I'm a I'm a grown, functioning adult, also. Right. So like I didn't talk to my mom for like five years, so it's based
0: like- on what was the what was the beef? Uh, all right, in case in case we lost you, uh, I'm gonna say this is the Portuguese People podcast. Uh, thank you for listening and watching. We're on uh, YouTube. Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever thing you're on. We're on the other thing. Uh, Thank you to my guest, Sophia Grace. I apologize. Check us out. We drop a new episode every Monday. Follow Sophia Grace.